Good morning, everyone, and welcome to All Things Russell on Laker Country 104.9. Jeff Hoover in the studio this morning with Tony Kerr on this uh, Friday, May the 20th. Tony, it's been a busy week in the county. Very busy week uh, and a, a great week. You know, yeah. great great weather. Jeff, you know, it's our, you know it's going to be a good day when it's 75 degrees uh, at this time of the morning. Yeah. Well, it, it's not like we've not been waiting on this, you know. <laughs> so it finally arrived this week. Good weather, good uh, weather for elections uh, that we had here in the county on Tuesday. Good weather for baseball and softball district tournaments uh, getting underway this week. Both the girls and boys playing at home. Um, Laker baseball team, really, really good. Uh, won their fifth consecutive district tournament uh, earlier this week. And, Tony, they'll play in the region tournament on Monday. And they get to play here, that first round of the region in that format. Jeff, they uh, started just a few years ago. Instead of everybody going into Bowling Green to play, uh, you get to play at home that first round if you're a district winner. Right. So, so Laker the Lakers uh, will be at home Monday night, Laker baseball at home Monday night, uh, to take on Barron County. And uh, Derek Aaron, Charlie Anderson will have all the action for you right here on Laker Country. Uh, first pitch scheduled for 6 o'clock. They'll be on the radio about 5.45 Monday evening with the opening round of the fourth region tournament. And uh, the Lady Lakers softball team winning last night in the opening round of the district tournament, defeating Medcalf County. At home. Uh, at home. And uh, they will advance to the region tournament next week. But uh, they get to play for a district championship tomorrow afternoon, 2 o'clock, against Clinton County. At home. At home at uh, <laughs> K. Morris Field. And uh, Derek Aaron, Zach Oaks will have the action for you in that girls softball district championship. Again, it's Russell County, Clinton County tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock. They'll be on the radio around 145. Beautiful weather, a lot of things going on, and a big day tomorrow in Jamestown. We're joined this morning uh, by Jeff Recker, one of the organizers for Lake Rattle and Roll. And uh, uh, good morning, Jeff. Welcome to the program. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Tony. Tell us first, how did you come up with the name? Well, I didn't come up with the name. I've got to credit that to my partner, Mark Blasco, at Cumberland Guitars. And I also want to shout out to my wife, Maddie Recker, uh, who is the, the operator of Him and Air. It's H-Y-M-N and Air, H-E-I-R. That's a store that she opened on the square as well last, uh, last fall. Mark and I were standing outside our stores after Christmas on the square. And it was several days after the square was empty again. And we were talking. We said, man, we, we got Christmas on the square was great. We got to keep this square filled up. How do we yep. do it? We said, well, we, we have more parties. And we were talking, we were talking to Crusoe and he was standing there and uh, we said, well, there's Lake Fest. Well, that's, that's middle of the summer. We need to do something earlier. And Mark said, you know, I've been tossing around a name for a couple of years. And I said, what is it? And he said, Lake Rattle and Roll. He said that. I had a vision. We talked about it. It's evolved tremendously. And here we are today, uh, one day away. Yeah, and it's exciting. Um, uh, tell us what all's going on tomorrow. I mean, we've, I know you've been on the morning show with Sean, and we've talked about it before, but just for folks who are joining us today. It's a big day. It's an all-day thing. Tell us what all's going on. 
Sure. Well, it actually kicks off tonight with a movie on the square. Uh, we're going to be featuring uh, Encanto at 8 p.m. The city's going to provide uh, some pizza and popcorn, I think uh, some ices. I, I think we're going to have a, an ice cream truck come by as well. That'll be at Beck Park, and that'll be at 8 p.m. People want to come a little bit early. Uh, there may be uh, a bounce game set up because <laughs> we, we've got six, I think, six of those coming tomorrow. Um, tomorrow, the event will kick off, well, at 11 o'clock, Sean will begin simulcasting. Yeah. Um, Laker Country will simulcast from 11 to 1 p.m. tomorrow. Uh, the music kicks off at noon tomorrow. Eight different bands, you say? Eight different bands. We've got some local artists like Crusoe, like Shane Coe, um, like Joshua Gosser. We've also got some, some big bands coming in from as far away as Nashville. Uh, we've got Barracuda, which is a heart tribute band. We've also got many of your listeners are, listeners are familiar with 100% Angus. Yep. Um, they are an ACDC tribute band. They bring a lot of folks with them, um, and they are just outstanding. Um, so we've got a lot on board musically. We've got two stages set up, one at the Judicial Center and then one over at Beck Park. We've got two hot air balloons. Uh, Kroger has been a, a corporate sponsor and has decided to, or uh, excited to bring their hot air balloon that they actually own. We're hoping that'll go up near the beginning of the show, be up for a few hours, and then we have another balloon that we're going to operate, which will uh, feature tethered rides, and that will happen near the end or near the latter part of the day. Uh, probably around 5.30 to 6 o'clock uh, till dark, and then we'll have fireworks afterwards. And throughout the day, we're going to have a lot of food vendors and craft vendors, um, just a lot of family fun, face painting by artworks. Um, I think we'll have we'll be distributing chalk so kids can do some uh, chalk art on the sidewalks. <laughs> it's, it's just a, a, a fun-filled family day. Yeah, it sounds so exciting. I'm interested in the hot air balloons. Where are they going to be located? Well, we have Matthew Leverage to thank for that. Right. Um, we've talked to Matthew. We, we we looked around the square, and, you know, there's not a lot of open fields right, right around the square. And so Matthew was kind enough, uh, as well as Artworks, uh, the, the position next to his building that uh, is has been flattened out there. Across from the old library, across yes. from Artworks. Yes, yeah. I think that's where the the stand will be for okay. people to line up and sign up. Um, and then the balloons will probably be in front of Matthew. Like when you're entering the square, you'll see them before Matthew's building. Yeah, between the uh, Methodist church and exactly. Matthew Leverage office. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Good field, yeah. Yes. And all the streets will be closed off uh, exactly like they are at uh, Lake Fest. Right. So, and we have plenty of parking. We have, uh, I think four or five designated parking areas. Um, when you're coming into the square, there'll be a, a large parking area where the cemetery is that will be uh, available for parking. I think we've got in front, we've got 36 handicap spaces that we've set aside and another 30 or so on the backside uh, between the levy, the levy and Jamestown Christian Church. And then, of course, the Jamestown Christian Church Family Life Center parking lot. Yep. Great, Jeff. 
you and I talked about this early on when you all were talking about this idea. You, you said uh, we need to have something really to kick off the, the lake season. And, of course, uh, Memorial Day, you know, really the, the start of it. But we've seen boats coming. But uh, this gives it a jump start a week ahead. It does. And it really, you know, it adds a flavor of, of boating that we I don't think we've seen before in the square, especially with the vintage boats. Um, that is so unique, and I think that will just continue to grow and grow. And who knows where we'll we'll get boats uh, on Saturday? And and if if you know everyone loves it, maybe next year we'll see boats come from states and states away. But um, Paul Cundiff at Woody's Restoration is providing uh, I think five or six uh, antique classic boats. The Antique Classic Boat Society uh, for the region is bringing boats as well. We've got a lot of classic cars. My partner, Mark Blasco at Cumberland Guitars, says he is just being inundated with people sending pictures of what they're bringing. And it's our job now to try to organize yeah. everything, now, continue organizing. Where are those going to be set up? Are you having a parade for any of those? Or? We're, we're not going to have a parade this year. Um, yeah, boats I know are, you talked about it. Yeah, we, we talked about it, but logistically, I think it's easier for us to just have folks come in. Actually, they're going to start coming in Friday night and we're going to be providing uh, uh, security off-duty police officers and constables to watch the boats and the event area beginning Friday night and overnight. That will again happen on Saturday. If anyone is listening and would like to bring a boat, whether it's a vintage boat or if they've got a new boat that they want to show off, reach out to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash LRR Jamestown. Send us a picture and say, hey, I'd like to bring my boat um, or I'd like to bring my car and we'll try to try to make it happen. And where will the vintage boats be located? They will be located on the street and then also in the first parking lot facing the street right at the Judicial Center. You'll also see some classic cars when you're coming in. I know we've got, I saw a picture of a really cool GTO. We've got uh, some 56 and 57 Bel Airs. I'm sure we'll see Corvettes and all sorts of things. Uh, most of the boats are, you know, Chris Craft is the, the most famous of the wood boats. Um, but we've got, I know, I think we've got a 30-foot uh uh, Hecker uh, or some, I'm, I'm, uh, something like that. Something I'm, unique. It's something that I'm not familiar <laughs> with. But, <laughs> but well, uh, that's that's exciting, and there are a lot of folks in this area uh, who have antique cars who yeah. you know, go to car shows, uh, have yeah. them throughout the year. So uh, that that's exciting, and now you're adding a new twist with the vintage boats. Yes, yes, and uh, we're just excited for everyone that's helping to participate and to give of their time. Uh, we're still calling out for volunteers. If you'd like to volunteer, you'll get a free uh, T-shirt. Uh, it's a high-quality T-shirt from Impact Printing, and uh, it will have the, the logo on it. It'll have some of our sponsors, event staff on it. Uh, you'll also get a, a meal ticket, so you can sample some of the, um, the food from the vendors. Um, 
the volunteer spots. We really just need folks for about a four hour period. Most of them are sitting either, you know, parking or bounce house watching or, or driving a golf cart. Some of the sponsors I think are going to take care of that. But speaking of sponsors, if you don't mind, I'd just like sure. to run through the I list. Know you've sure. got quite a few. Yeah. We, oh, yeah. we do. Well, first of all, I want to start out and thank the city of Jamestown, uh, mayor Hinton and, and all of council. We wouldn't have been able to begin this without their support and their financial backing. So first of all, the, the, City of Jamestown, of course, him and Air, Cumberland Guitars, the Bank of Jamestown stepped up in a big way early. That also kicked off uh, Tartar, Kroger, Duo Broadband, Lake Cumberland Properties, Wilson and Sons, Don Franklin Auto, Russell County Hospital, Artworks. The list goes on and on. We've got, I think, a total of five banks. We've got First National Bank. We've got Lakewood's Appliance. We've got Monticello Banking, Jamestown Pharmacy, McKinney and Blair, Highway 80, uh, Lindsey Wilson Gosser State Farm, Russell Family Family Medical, uh, Citizens National Bank, Papa Wells Dentistry, uh, Community Trust, Edward Jones, Northwestern Mutual, TNT Carpets rolling out the red carpet in front of the executive bathroom trailer. Had I, had I mentioned that? <laughs> no. We, what is that? Well, it's, it's a 20-foot trailer that's going to be located behind people's that's going to be air-conditioned with washrooms. I think there are eight stalls to that. We'll also have portalettes set up elsewhere, in, but we wanted to provide really nice place for people to go. Um, I saw one of those once uh, when Sarah Cooper got married. Remember those? Yeah. Those executive bathrooms. <laughs> I haven't well, seen one since. So. Well, they're, uh, they're, they're, nice. they're quite to behold, and they're not cheap. Trust me. Um, then we've got, uh, who else? Well, Lake, Laker Country, of course, and Cumberland Current, the Times Journal, uh, the law office of Joel Smith, um, Reva's, uh, Anna's, I think, is helping out, too. Uh, Lake Cumberland Cleaning and Concierge. State Doc is providing, have you heard this? A shuttle from the square to Jamestown Marina. Really? Yeah. So anybody at the marina wants to come? Can... You're at the marina. You want to come on up? We'll be running that constantly from, I think, about 1130 till 10 p.m. at night. That's great. And yeah, it's it's great. like a 12-passenger shuttle, and it's a, what, a five-minute ride? Yeah. So we'll, we'll be doing that. State um, Doc provided that? Well, State Doc provided that. I got a shout-out to my, my neighbor and, and good friend uh, at Elite Boat Sales, Ken Lang. Um, we're just, or Ken Vance, we're just so excited for, for that. And, you know, Debbie Schumann, I got a shout out to Debbie Schumann. Many, many folks know Debbie from state doc. Mm -hmm. Uh, she is our volunteer coordinator and we are just so excited to have her on board. Um, Ricky Mann, uh, from manners is helping out. He's providing a green room for our artists and Pepe's, uh, or Pepe's. Pepe's uh, is also helping providing some food for the green room. So that's great. A lot of folks. Lot it's of a lot. Folks. It's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jeff, you have done a tremendous work, and I know you've been working on this for for quite some time. And the first part is to sell it to people, and you sold it to the city council. And it seems like to me it just snowballed after that. Well, it did, and you know, I just thank God for everyone that has been involved. It's a blessing to live here. We moved here five years ago, and Russell County, Jamestown, has been a blessing for our family. Uh, it's been a blessing 
everyone that has come together, uh, you, Jeff, and, and Tony, and everyone that has supported, um, we just feel blessed, and we thank God um, for the beautiful weather that, that he, yep. he's going to lay out for us. So. It's going to be a great day, and folks, uh, it's all free. Uh, Square in Jamestown is open, and so many activities as you've talked about, Jeff. Well, the, the vendors will be charging for their products. For, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you, and the hot air balloon is a $10. Uh, but, you know, one thing I want to mention, we mentioned this to the, uh, to the council when we said we wanted to do this. Our goal is to give back. Uh, we're not doing this just to make a bunch of money. It's what we originally projected as the cost. Of course, they have gone up dramatically. I mean, I think, you know, just in security alone, we're providing a lot of security. Um, but we have designed it to give back. We're hoping to have about $10,000 at minimum to give back to the community. And we proposed five different ways to do that. Um, it could be in the form of scholarships for arts uh, type of programs. It could be for um, uh, ESL, English as a Second Language, or citizenship classes that we could hold at the library, get some volunteers oh, in from, good. yeah, get some volunteers in from the churches, and we'll put up some money to pay for some pizza. Um, we'd do that. We'd love to bring some reenactors into the square. Oh, yeah. uh, so historical awareness, you know, maybe provide for some money for a, a historical mural. Um, another thing that we proposed that council loved was some uh, health and fitness awareness projects. You know, we'd love to see uh, a fitness station or an agility station um, near the nautical mile sign or in the city park or something like that for adults to keep fit and to stay healthy. Um, so we've got a lot of ideas there. Uh, we'll be working with council on how that money is spent. Uh, we've raised a tremendous amount. We hope to continue to raise uh, during the day with the hot air balloon rides. Also, Tartar has provided some really cool stainless uh, tubs that Reva's is right now uh, filling with some flowers. I think Anna's might fill one too or so. And I think we'll raffle those off. Or auction. I, I don't know how we're going to give those out or do, but we're going to do something like that to raise additional money as well. I, I, I tell you, I'm excited about the hot air balloons. I, I mean, <laughs> how neat would it be to take a hot air balloon ride over the city of Jamestown? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, well, and, and we're going to have uh, one of our, our local uh, professionals, uh, many, many people know Ramey uh, for his video skills. He's yeah. going to provide documentation. He's going to do a drone. Uh, we can't wait to see the yeah. drone footage with hot air balloon and fireworks and things yeah, like that. That's great. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just hope they've got one that'll hold me up. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, Jeff Record. We are so excited about tomorrow. It's going to be a great day on the square in Jamestown. Lake, rattle, and roll. The bands begin at 12 noon. Bands begin at 12. Uh, people can start at 11.30. Before that, we'll be setting up. If you feel like coming out and helping, uh, reach out to us on facebook.com forward slash LRR Jamestown. And tonight, if you want to come out with your kids and, and catch a movie on the square at Beck Park, that kicks off at 8 p.m. tonight. Okay. Good Thank movie, you. too. Good yeah. Movie. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff, very much. Look forward to seeing you tomorrow. On the square in Jamestown, Lake Rattle and Roll. Tony, it's going to be a, a good time. A lot of fun. Time. Full day, great weather. Uh, come on out and check it all out. Yep. 
Thank yeah. you all. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. All right, we're going to talk in just a moment with uh, Michael Carpenter, athletic director, Russell County uh, Schools, and uh, we're going to see what all's going on with Mr. Carpenter. Tony, recent announcements, some uh, upgrades and renovations to uh, athletic facilities at the high school. Good morning, Mr. Carpenter. Good morning. How are you all? Good. Thank you for joining us this morning. So tell us what's going on. We we, we know there's Good time to be a Laker. Good time yeah. to be a Laker. Uh, it's great time to be a Laker. Yes, I, I know when I was on here and it hadn't been that long ago, Tony was asking about a turf field and, and some things <laughs> like that. And I've been so excited about this. I've just been chomping at the bit wanting to tell people, but I had to keep it quiet till we could see that it was going to work out. But we are going to be uh, building a new football stadium. Uh, it's going to be located where the old track is at, behind the baseball field. So our current baseball field will stay where it's at and be a baseball-only field. We're one of only a few schools in the state of Kentucky that still share a baseball and football field. So the best thing about the new facility, it's going to have a football turf field. It's going to be able to accommodate our soccer also. And then it's going to have the new track, which was what our, our, one of our biggest needs were because we've not been able to host a track meet for a whole lot of years. So uh, it's real exciting. Uh, the stadium itself is going to have uh, new restrooms underneath it, concession stand, and uh, some storage for the track things. And then we're going to come over and the baseball field's going to get turf. It's going to have a retaining wall around it. So now when you go into Laker Baseball Stadium, you're going to actually go up a rise like some of the college stadiums you go into and be able to watch the game. So we're just really excited. Uh, band's going to be able to host competitions. So the number of students that's going to get to use this facility is just awesome. Uh, it's awesome. So. so the new football field, new track, will be where the current track is located. That's going to take a lot of work down it's there. It's going to take a lot of work. And, uh, you know, we're fortunate. I know I know you all know uh, Monday night we, uh, we host the first round of the baseball region. And then as soon as we get our regional tournament game in, my understanding from Mr. Scott Thomas, uh, they're going to start moving equipment in and start working on getting the timber, uh, all those things taken out. So. Yeah. We're really excited to see it get started. Tell us about the the turf. I know he's got some anti-shock uh, padding. It's state of the art. It's the latest uh, yeah. in in turf. Yes, it's it's uh it's it's on the 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 list at the state level. It's a really good quality turf. Uh, now we haven't got set exactly uh, the color scheme. There are there we do have some artwork out there that I did get to look at just briefly the other. We're not day. going blue, are we? Like no, uh, no, like we're, we're not going. We're not going Boise or Warren East blue. But uh, <laughs> you know, Warren East had to get permission yes. from Boise. Uh, is there to, a, to use that? Yes, I don't. They, know, do they have a copyright on that. They have a copyright. Actually, I'm really good friends with Jonathan Vincent, who was AD at the time. He's the principal there now, and it, it was a big deal for them to be able to put blue turf down because Boise State has, like you said, it's a copyright or a patent or something, and they had a lot of steps they had to go through to be legal to do they that. Got approval though, so mm -hmm. they, they, they got approved. So, it, and it's nice. It it just. Yeah. stands out doesn't it? it it pops out at you when you're sitting in the stands so uh you know we're looking at we're looking at a 2000 seat home side for our fans of course we're going to have a new uh a new press box 
uh, so our our people can be taken care of and much needed. Much needed. Much. You needed. know, our press box now wobbles a little, as you know. Uh-huh. You've up there enough. Yeah, especially too. when you get our top people in place, it's yeah. uh, it, it wobbles a little. But we're actually going to utilize uh, our old football bleachers. We're going to use them on the visiting side. So we're going to take part of them. So we're going to have a home and away side. Which for me as an athletic director is the ideal situation because it separates your crowds, yeah. your fan bases. Yeah. Right now we have to cross through each other to, to get back and forth, and, and that's not always good. So uh, we're going to use part of them for the visiting side, and then the other part will be utilized at the baseball field for some additional seating because um, at a lot of our home games, our home side is, is full, yeah. uh, and we need how many How many seats is the current uh, seating over there? Well, football. you know, we were we were talking about that. I actually asked uh, Coach Ellis about that. I'm not 100% positive. I know when we did our COVID breakdown, we had to go through it, and I think it was 2,000. Um, that's why we did 2,000 on the new one. But I'm not exactly to the T for sure. But the 2,000 currently is home and away. Yeah, it currently yeah. shares. And yeah. then we put the band in the middle. Yeah. So now this 2,000 will be just for the, for the home side. Yeah. And then, you know, we'll have an additional – Plenty of seating for our guests. Construction then start fairly soon to start getting some excavation work done and, yes. and all of that. Uh, time frame for completion? Well, the last meeting I was in, uh, they they told they put the number out there. They felt like uh, 12 to 14 months we could be in the new stadium. So if, if it holds true, uh, not this coming football season, 2022, but – Hopefully, 2023, we can be kicking off a football season in the new stadium. Of course, you know, we always have to worry about things right now as far as being shipped and received on time. And I know they had told us that the bleacher order had to be in by a certain time or they couldn't guarantee it. And, you know, the different turf options, depending on what what you go with, there may be some of that that's not available or you would have to wait on. So, um, but... You know, they said 12 to 14 months, uh, we could be in there ready to go. So, so August of 2023 could be from a new football field. That's what we're hoping. Yes, we're we're hoping. Uh, and uh, I think I think they're going to make it happen. So, what kind of lighting uh, will it have? Well, it will have it will have. You know, I don't know if they're if they're going to bid the lighting out. They didn't get into that much detail with me on the exact lighting. I'm sure it'll be Musco lighting like we have at the softball facility. Uh, and it'll have to accommodate, of course, when you're putting the, the football out there and then the soccer and, and then band competitions. It'll be a much Im- probably improved uh, – not probably. From what's on the track now, that lighting is pretty old. So uh, it'll be all new and hopefully state-of-the-art. So Any new parking? We are working on the parking. Uh, that's that's going to be the situation, especially on the front side, until the new middle school is complete. Once the new middle school building is complete, all that back there, unless something changes, is going to be cleared out. So there's going to be plenty of parking. Parking will be a challenge uh, the first little bit until we get the new build, the new middle school building complete. But uh, we're looking at parking, and I know Mr. Ford and them are addressing different situations on, you know, what we could utilize that we're not going to utilize. Like once we take that area out. Um, behind the baseball field where the bleachers get rid of the bleachers and the old concession stand and all that we got we got some additional parking we can add there and maybe add a second entrance to the stadium if we need to to accommodate people if they need to park on the other side so they're looking at all the different options for that for parking yeah 
Now, you talk about new middle school. What's, uh, what's the plans there, timelines and things like that? I have not been in on those meetings. I can't give you a lot of information. I know everything's been submitted. I know Russell County's uh, new middle school is hopefully going to be getting started. Uh, very All this soon. has got board. The board's on approval and everything. Is that that's yes. happened? And, yes, yes, yes. So, the, the, actually, the new middle school was approved and the paperwork sent off and everything right. before uh, before this even come about. Right, they wanted it's, to make sure everything. Um, and I'm not for sure in the process when they're going to actually look at start breaking ground for that. Uh, we are looking at two, and I didn't mention this earlier, uh, the addition of some tennis courts with our new facility. Uh, it's just a matter of finalizing the best spot for that. Right now, we currently, if we host a tennis match, we have to bring, like the boys team will play at the high school because we've got three courts. And, and uh, uh, you know, the city of Russell Springs has been so great to let us use their two courts at Russell Springs City Park. But that splits your supervision up and creates a lot of, you know, busing right. back and forth, dropping off. So, you know, what, what we've asked for is uh, to get six courts right there together because our current ones need to be resurfaced anyway. And that way uh, we can have it all on campus for our tennis team too. So Have both of them at the same time. And have both of them at the same time, have them going on. And you really need six courts to host. Eight would be wonderful, but six would be ideal. So. Yeah. And the new track, uh, tell us about it. Oh, it's it's a, a new synthetic track. Uh, there's an, a there's a the KHSAA has an approval. It's it, it's it's not just a it the track. It has like a you have to have a section to run the hundred yard dash in a straight section, and so it's got like I think they call it a burnout lane, which where you'll run your sprints and then you'll have your track for your distance and other events. Uh, but it's going to be all synthetic, you know, state of the art. The, the biggest challenge will be keeping uh, so many people are used to pulling buses in the baseball field or pulling right down or driving on the track. So that's going to be well, a thing. It's asphalt. So yeah. Yeah. Th- th- those days are gone. Those days are going to be gone. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's really neat, though. It's, I'm excited uh, for our track team and, and to get to host a, a track event. That, that's just going to be exciting. Michael, you know, you, you've, you're hosting uh, district tournaments this week and uh, your facilities are are in use it's going to be really really awesome you know when you when you get these facilities oh yeah yeah and we had so many compliments this week from our district uh just fans and opponents uh of course you know the, the our baseball facilities currently right now is is uh is about as good as anywhere in the fourth region you'll go play a game on uh, coach Rexro takes a lot of pride in, in keeping that at top-notch shape and then, of course, our softball facility last night. Just a wonderful atmosphere. Most people ever that has been at Laker softball field, it was standing room only in the outfield. I was running out of parking, um, and it was just uh, it was a fun night. Need more seating, don't you? Uh, yes, yes. Seating is one thing, but, but, you know, for our softball field, the thing that people like the most about it – they can bring their chairs. The you can sit on that hillside, berm. and and you just you have the perfect view. Yep. And, and that's where uh, a lot of times I'll wind up when I'm monitoring stuff. I wind up out there just because we have so many that that are seated out there. So we do have a small section of bleachers out there, but everybody likes to sit in their lawn chair and, and watch the game. And I've just got to figure out one thing for them. Last night. Uh, I, I need to figure out how to get another scoreboard, just a little simple one mounted. So because it's hard to see the scoreboard you when you're sitting out there, you have to walk around and yeah, turn your head. That's right. Uh, but they, uh, they're, uh, they're. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I'm glad you brought that up. Last uh, last year, uh, when I wasn't broadcasting the game, I went 
couple of games mm-hmm. on a Saturday, took my chair, sat out there in left field on that little hill, watched game after game after game. I mean, it's a beautiful environment, atmosphere, and uh, – yeah, people enjoy that. They love to take their own chairs. And I'll tell you one thing I really like about it, and it's advantage we didn't think about whenever they were building it, I'm sure. But we have a lot of grandparents and elderly that can't walk a lot and are not real mobile. And, and they back their vehicles in or pull their vehicles up. We have handicapped parking on that front row, and they pull right up there and they can watch the whole game and not have to worry about, you know, getting around down to the field yeah. and getting back up. So it works out really good. I've had a lot of people tell me we ought to do that as like reserve parking, you know, sell passes for the year. I said, <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. Well, I want to throw something out. At the baseball field and mm-hmm. left – because where left, uh, left field is at the baseball field, center field, all that's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. The seating and all that there. Let's make a little mound there so that people can bring their chairs at baseball games – and sit on the hillside. Well, and I have uh, I discussed that. I brought that up, I think, with Coach Rexroth. And people, we have people that still come to baseball games. Uh, Donnie Morrison, if you come to a Laker baseball game, he doesn't miss many, but you'll see him sitting in the bleachers in left field watching it. Yeah. If you if you sit on there, because we've already got that incline. Yeah. And if yeah. you sit over there, it is a wonderful view yeah. of the baseball field so just, just make that incline a little bigger and sow you, grass and you oh, it'd you, be perfect you could have a nice little place they That's could just right. sit on that yeah. thing so yeah. and it'll be nice for our baseball field we're going to get a, a permanent fence uh of course we're going to lo- lose little laker field the little t-ball field the kids love so much but they're looking at putting that replacing that and putting that out in left field somewhere over to the side yeah where you could still have the grassy area or yeah, whatever to sit Yeah, that's a popular on. little place. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a happening place. They use that a lot. So uh, we're real excited about about everything. Lakers won the district baseball tournament this week. Going to put you on the spot. How many does this make for this program? Overall, mm, I know David Rex wrote it's five, five in a row. It's five, five, in, a row, it's five in a row. Go back to fifty-three here, nineteen fifty-three. Coach Rex wrote, we, we rode to Warren East yesterday morning together. He could tell you right off the bat. I don't know for sure. Overall, but uh, I know this year I, I asked him, I said, you know, our, our two district games, we wound up winning uh, 26 to nothing was the overall scores of the two games. And and I, I was telling him, you know, I said, that's that itself is a pretty impressive uh, mark when you're going against uh, – we've, we've got some good teams in our district for baseball. They've uh, – some of them's come a long way. So, uh, yeah, but it's – the softball team got a good win last night. They – they played a, a good game, and, and so Saturday is our district championship for softball. At 2 o'clock, we had some scheduling concerns with graduations and baccalaureates and things for tonight, or we would have played it today. But uh, we're going to play that tomorrow, and then Monday will be the regional first round against Barron County at 6 o'clock. Uh, one note for Monday's game, if any of the four sites get rained out or there's a weather delay, we have to cancel all four and play them Tuesday because oh, right. they don't want any advantage for, for any team for that, pitching. Yeah. So if we do have a beautiful day Monday and it were to be uh, not so good in Logan County mm-hmm. and then we have to cancel, uh, that's the reason uh, for that. And I do want to tell everyone uh, tickets are $6 a piece for the region. That's set by the fourth region. Uh, there used to be in five. And, uh, you know, just uh, – just not a, none of your extra passes will work for that. But early forecast. I mean, mostly uh, cloudy. 
a little cooler. It's going to be great. 71 degrees the high uh, on Monday and mostly cloudy. Doesn't call for any rain. I mean, something That'd can move perfect. in. But... That would be perfect. <laughs> that, that would be. But... Well, Michael Carpenter, a lot of things happening, uh, good positive stuff happening uh, with facilities, and thank you for joining us and uh, bringing us up to date on that. I appreciate you all having me in. It's always good to talk to you. I do want to take one little note today and give a shout-out to my wife, Dana Carpenter. Today's our 27th wedding anniversary. Well, congratulations. So, uh, she's put up with me for 27 years, so I may have it whipped by now. I don't know. <laughs> but I do appreciate you all in WJRS. Uh, this the amount of the baseball and softball coverage this year has been awesome. I don't know how many people's – ask if the radio they'll call me at school during the day is radio station gonna be there tonight and i said well yes or if i if i have to tell them no they they say oh and and, everything but well uh, we got to give a shout out to derrick aaron and zach oaks and charlie anderson yeah and uh uh but derrick and and zach have really really stepped up on social media as Mm -hmm. well with you know people like the photos they love to hear the games on the radio but they like those photos too and uh Shout out to both those guys for all that they've done. They have done an excellent job, and, and any time, if, they, if they've got a question, I've got a question, we're contacting each other back and forth, but I do appreciate the time. And like you said, the photos, they're wonderful. Okay. They're, they're, they're just awesome. I have have some – of course, my son plays baseball. He's a senior this year, and, and I've, I've got to get some great photos that I'll keep the rest of my life that yeah. they've snapped during a game because I'm busy doing other stuff, not always getting to watch the, all the game. So I'm not out there taking pictures, so that's great. It's yeah. fun to listen to the games. You know, yeah. I always try to tune in. And, and it's, catch uh, them. It's, it, it, it's really amazing the number of people who love to listen to baseball games on the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we first started doing them again last year, and, and I can't tell you the number of people who just uh, – they love baseball on the radio. Yeah. You know, more so than any other sport. It's uh, interesting. It is, and and you know, even myself, if I'm if I'm on my golf cart going around doing whatever, I've got a little sound box, but I make sure I've got WJRS. I'm listening to them call the game, yeah. and I'm there at the field, but I still like to hear the hear the stuff call. they put in and yeah. add because I know they research and do a lot of work, just as you do for basketball and you do for football before you ever get to the game. So yeah. just some of the, the fun facts and stats and all that different stuff. I always um, think of Flash, though, when I think of baseball. Yeah. yeah. And he and I traveled around a lot back in the, back in the day in the baseball. 80s, back during Terry, Terry Wade's heyday, you know, when he yeah. was winning those regions. And uh, yeah. I can tell you it's a lot of funny stories uh, traveling with Flash. And we did a lot of games and uh, a lot of big games, you know, state tournament games that the, the Lakers had gotten in. And, yeah. Uh, I told Coach Rexroth yesterday, and, and it, it it does it in, in all the sports, but baseball, it like hits me a little harder. As soon as I step out of that regional tournament meeting and I pick up my phone to try to communicate with everybody, Flash was always my first text because he would be texting me the whole morning reminding me, you, you, need, to, you need to make sure I know I need to let the radio station know or I need to let whoever know. So I would always – you know, he was the one. I told David yesterday as soon as we left, I said, man, I said, I had one of those moments. I said, I stepped out of that building, and the first thing I want to do was send Flash the bracket. Uh, but and, Flash, yeah. and Flash would say, 
you wouldn't have thought I'd have thought about that. Right, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't have thought I'd have thought about that. But, but now, he would, have, he would have made sure the radio station had gotten it. Oh, yeah, if first thing. If he had had to have his mother drive him yeah. down here. Which Geraldine he used to would, do. Yeah. 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 yeah, he would have. He would have. But yeah, I appreciate yeah. you all having me on. And like Thanks I said, uh, I'm excited about the new facilities. I know the community is. And, and uh, I think this is going to be a, another good stepping stone. I appreciate Mr. Ford and the Board of Education and all Mr. Ford. Mr. Ford, this has been a Larry McGowan. This has been a process they've been looking and working on for over a year. You know, a lot of people think stuff just happens overnight. I know you all don't, but this has been quite a timely process. And then it was just a big opportunity uh, when that House bill got passed and allowed us to be able to use uh, restricted funding for some athletic facility upgrades because in the past that wasn't an option. And when you're looking at the building things, um, schools and things, all, you know, come first and should for our academics. And the total price, $6 million, a little over $6 million. Well, that was before all the soft costs come in. My understanding, um, my understanding at, the, at the, the last meeting we had, when you bring all the architect fees and all those things that come into play with it all, it's $7.65 million. Okay. Now, that number could have, could have even changed since that. But, yeah, it's uh, – that was just the original meeting we had at the ANC, the special called. It was 6.5, but uh, Mr. Smith, Jonathan Smith from Branscombe's and them let us know that was not adding all the soft costs and things. So, so it's up to 7.65 right now. That's my understanding. Yeah. And, Jeff, we really need to just point out uh, the Board of Education, yeah. you know, the, the support. You t we talked about Mr. Ford. Mm -hmm. Talk about those board members, you know, the projects that are coming up new middle school, uh, these facilities that we're talking about, uh, major changes for education and uh, extracurricular activities uh, here for, for our kids. Well, and I'm going to go back even further than that. I'm going to go back to previous boards and, and quite honestly, Superintendent Scott Pierce. Mm -hmm. Because when you go back to when Scott Pierce was superintendent, Clifford Wilson was chairman of the board mm -hmm. for many years, and that board adopted and passed what's recognized as the third nickel tax. And yep. at that time, we were only the fifth or sixth school district in the entire state to levy that third nickel property tax. Um, and that put in motion the extra money each year from property taxes, and that has continued to build up. There are a few districts in Kentucky who have not even passed the second nickel tax, uh, much less the third. And, and, I, and I just give a lot of credit. People need to understand this. Uh, Scott Pierce was superintendent. You had Clifford Wilson on, as board chair and some others. And they saw the, uh, had the foresight to see, go ahead and adopt that third nickel tax and lay the groundwork for those expanding revenues, and it's paying off. Down the road. They were Down, looking, they yeah, were looking 20, 30 years ahead. That's right. And so what happens is our, our borrowing capacity as a school district has continued to grow, to grow each year. And that's the reason, that's one of the reasons now we're even able to uh, look at even the possibility of doing this with bonding capacity. Yeah, and, and you look, we, we've got this athletic facility upgrade. We're looking at the new middle school and all the renovations there on the board sometime fairly soon. There's going to have to be some major things at the high school. You know, it's yeah. almost 35 years old. The old high school was 35 years old when they built a new one. So, yeah. uh, but, but what I'm saying, a lot of school districts 
can't do any one of those projects because they don't have the bonding capacity. And here we are with the ability to do two or three at one time. Yep. And uh, there's previous board members to thank for that. There is, and I'm glad you brought that up. And as a matter of fact, that was discussed with me last night at the district softball game from someone uh, adjoining county, the fact that they still barely had the nickel tax, much less the three yeah. nickel tax, and how it's put them in such a bind being able to move forward or get bonded or do anything. Well, let me give you an example. LaRue County Schools, uh, a, a school district that we compete against frequently in different sports, they have only passed the first nickel, uh, which was mandated. They've not passed the second nor the third, and their facilities are crumbling, and it's on the – uh, there is a petition that's been filed for them to have a vote on uh, the on the second and third nickels. Uh, but if they don't pass it, they're going to have to close some schools because of the condition they're in. Right. And uh, you know, if 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 you don't have leadership at the top to have the foresight to see here's what this will do for us in ten years and twenty years, you're really at a disadvantage. And thankfully. Russell County was one of the first school well, districts in the state to do that. You know, Jeff, and for example, the auditorium natatorium. Yep. Remember when that was built, a lot of people, they didn't understand what that there are classrooms in there. Right, yeah. And we really needed those classrooms. What would we have done if that if that facility had not been built? Now we have a beautiful pool uh, and we have that that auditorium, which is incredible and is in use all the time. And every classroom is full if yeah. you go over there during the day yeah. uh, with students utilizing that Under area. And some space. kids swimming, you know, uh, yeah. So uh, It is, though. It starts. We've been blessed in Russell County, like you said, going way back with our superintendents, our board of education. And, you know, for me, I've always been so thankful how much they've supported athletics all of them through the years, from Mr. Wilson to, to, to all of them. And, and even now, we, we have very few Laker events that we don't have at least one or two, sometimes three board members at. And, you know, uh, that, that just really shows the support they have for, for athletics. Well, Michael, you and I have had this conversation before, and, and you know my feelings on, on yeah. a lot of things. But uh, the stronger your athletic programs and your band programs – and, and your FFA programs are, all of those things, the stronger they are, the better the morale in school and the better you do academically. Now, I don't know if there's empirical studies to, to, um, to agree with that, but I know you know you recognize the importance of all of those things. And, and there has been, in, in my opinion, a lack of emphasis at some points in the past on building up some of those programs. And so it's so refreshing to see that now we're saying we've got to upgrade our facilities. I hope the number one thing that comes out of the new football field is we get more players. Yes, yes. The number of football players has dropped significantly yeah. In the last few years. I think we're going to see that this fall. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> C Coach Ford yep. uh, actually sent me an email uh, last week, wow. and I met with him, and uh, he's he's in the need for some more new helmets. So I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting ready to order 10 more new football helmets. We'll, we'll be putting at least 55 probably on the field this year, maybe 60. Compared which, to what, last year? Uh, we got down. 40? Yeah, we got down in the, in the, the high 30s there at one point. 
um, especially when we had some injuries and stuff. But, you know, a school our size, 60 is, is a number you want to see on the sidelines. Sure. And, and, you know, you're exactly right, Jeff. The A community that has as much support as we do and the size we are, our extracurricular, our athletic programs, all those things set, can set the tone for the entire school year. It can set the morale at school. It, it can even, you know, as far as di- discipline issues, good or bad, mm-hmm. discipline issues – can can either seem like they're a little more or a little less depending on the the state of everything so uh you know i'm excited uh i think it's going to give a a boost to everyone and i know i've had a lot of people reach out to me about it and interested and as far as uh what all's happening so that's always good when you got other uh athletic directors and, and school districts wanting information and things so it's exciting yep Michael Carpenter, thank you for joining us this morning. We're going to let you go. Appreciate you stopping by. Thank you. Thank all. you and having a happy anniversary. Oh, yeah, thank you. Tell thank Dana you. especially happy anniversary. Um, Tony, tomorrow Square in Jamestown going to be a good time. Yeah, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Jeff, just a, a lot of things going on. I'll have to give uh, credit to Jeff and, the, and those people. You know, you always got to have the first one. You yep. got to have an idea. Yep. Lake Fest. Your mother and father. They planned the first one, what, in the late 60s? And, and look yeah. where it, it's come all these years. Uh, you know, he's got uh, got a big lineup tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. It's it's impressive. And, uh, and I hope folks will come out and support all the work that's been done by these uh, organizers. And uh, of course, have a good day. Station will be there for a couple of hours right before you go into baseball. Sean will be there. Sean and Zach will be down there broadcasting live from 11 to 1. And then Derek... And Char, uh, Derek and Zach will be on the radio for the uh, girls softball game about one forty-five. First pitch at 2 o'clock. District, big champion, day. Dis- big district day. championship. Yeah. So. Big day tomorrow, folks. Thank you all for joining us this morning on All Things Russell. Tony and I will be back here next Friday for another edition of All Things Russell. Have a great weekend. You're listening to Laker Country 104.9 WJRS Jamestown, Russell Springs.